Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. Sober Exposure, welcome. It's Jennifer Wild. I have Lane Kennedy here and whew, uh, Lane is going to teach me a lot. I have a feeling I'm going to learn a lot on this episode for sure. And I love that you have a Beatles poster right there. You can't see it, but I, I have a Foo Fighters, Stevie Nicks. I'm all about the Thanks. rock and roll. So already I can tell we're going to get along. And um, I actually met Lane recently, but she didn't realize Insight Timer, which is a meditation app. Uh, I heard the voice and I knew I knew the voice from somewhere. And then I was like, I've listened to your meditations before. Mm. And I'm like a closet wannabe meditation voice person. <laughs> you know, I just, uh-huh. I, I think I have a little too much energy. I don't know if I could quite pull it off, but so anyway, also you are open and honest about your addiction and alcoholism. And um, why don't we start with that and, and then move forward to the solution? So tell us a little bit about who Lane Kennedy is. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. It's really great to be with you and it's good to be alive and in recovery uh, and standing upright. Mm. That's like just a good place to start. Uh, it's good to be breathing and it's good to be asked to, you know, be in connection with another beautiful sober being. Mm. I love my sober life. It wasn't anything that I had looked for. I didn't think I had a problem because I drank and used like other people that I was hanging out with drank and used. Uh, But what was different about me is that I had some real issues with uh, being consistent with life. I had some consistency problems. I had some consistency problems around paying uh, the bills, <laughs> um, you know, putting oil in the car, uh, feeding my dog or animal, you know, feeding the animals. I had some consistency with, you know, just feeding myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, luckily for me, I happened to be with a musician who decided, uh, you know, that they were kind of done and we ended up getting sober together in Laurel Canyon in the Hollywood Hills. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was an experience that I never want to forget. It was a great way to start my recovery. I was, you know, with musicians and people. Uh, This was in the 90s. So it was, you know, this kind of class of people, uh, the matrix, right? Like there was like some really big things happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was a good time to find recovery for me. And I haven't had to use or drink uh, again. And I'm really grateful for that experience, because I've been able to evolve and find my passion, which is using my voice to help others find that calm and connected life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you definitely have the voice for it, but it's more than just a voice, you know what I mean? Cause there's so many people with the voice, but it's, it's almost like with your meditations, there's nothing written down. I don't feel like you're reading a script. No. It's just so innate. It's yeah. like 
it's just, it's innate. It's something innate. And it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely amazing. And you talk about the nineties and the rock and roll lifestyle. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a rock and roll radio personality in the rock and roll hall of fame city of Cleveland, Ohio throughout the nineties. So I know that world. I can tell you about every tour bus that went through town, you know? So, um, that it was a magical time. And, and I did have, you know, I had, I had a lot of fun Mm-hmm. because it was before it went really dark, but I was truly still an addict. I, I worked for a radio station, WMMS, and they were so clueless because they pulled me aside and they're like, okay, so there's obviously a problem here. When, <laughs> when you're, when your rock jock is using too much, you know that there's a problem when, the, when, when the, when the, you know, your program director's like, you got to stop using so much, even though we want, you know, it was all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was my image. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted me to go to a spa. Oh, and, yeah. Like, we're going we're gonna to pay for it. Uh-huh, <laughs> we're uh-huh. going to send you to a spa. And I, I, I knew that that wasn't, uh, that wasn't going to do the trick. So I, I took myself to treatment and I wish my journey was like, yours. no, I don't. My journey was my journey. Yeah, your journey is your uh, journey. Everybody yeah. has their own journey. And that's the, that's the beauty of recovery is that we are all very unique individuals. And mm-hmm. each of us has a story that's going to just help one other person find their way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I do like to beat myself up. If only I would have gotten it that, you know, then or whatever, you know, but then I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I do a lot of work about relapse prevention now because I I know I know a lot. I know a lot about relapsing. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. So. All right. Been sober since the 90s. And how did you find your. Uh, I don't want to say spirituality, but, but did that just, was that something you always had? It's so funny. You know, I thought, you know, sitting in the backyard in the Canyon chanting and having incense going was like cool. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I grew up in the sixties in golden gate park. Uh, you know, my parents were hippies. So there was this like spiritual thread that kind of was woven through me. But when I found recovery, I was so enchanted by the mystery of how I stopped drinking. Like I just couldn't understand it. I was like, just not interested anymore. And, you know, I was like a daily, like, let's, let's get it on. And so for, to to have that removed from me, I was like floored. So I had this quest to figure it out. And I did a lot of studying. Um, I, I got into Buddhism really deeply. I moved to Southeast Asia. I moved in with some monks and chanted, got up at four, slept on a wooden pillow. I did the, did whole that thing. help? You know what it did? It helped me understand what I didn't want. Mm. You know, it, it, it was really cool to, uh, bathe in mud because that was the life. But what I realized is that when you jump into that spiritual practice, you relieve yourself of all human, like the desires, right? We're humans that have this desire. And when you start practicing, you know, that path, it was getting rid of things like eliminating those desires. And I I just wasn't ready for that. I just Mm -hmm. wasn't ready for that. And so I kind of found this half, like this happy medium place where I found a place on the beach and discovered that this presence lived 
within me when I was really quiet and still sitting on the beach and I would have the waves come up over me. And it was this shift in my being that allowed me to, uh, like open the door for my spiritual practice to be open to listening to others and their experiences and not to be so rigid and be on this. I have to find an answer. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and and that causes what I want to talk to you about. That just causes so much stress. Yeah. You know, it's like stressful of me spiritual. Like it's not supposed to be stress, stressful to be spiritual. And you know, I, I do that all the time. Like I got my bowls, I got my crystal. And I don't mean the bowls I smoke anymore. I mean, my Tibetan singing bowls and my crystal singing bowl, and, and they all help and they're great tools. And I love sound therapy. And I think they're wonderful tools. However, like you said, it's that stillness and silence yes. that I feel is what really is going to make the difference. So how about like the 12 steps? Did you, did you work? Are you one of those like big book thumpers, 12 steps? I mean, help me there. So I believe in principles. I believe that uh, spirituality is based on what we have our words. Like, you you know, Mm. like we can be spiritual, but we have to define that, you know, being quiet, being in the moment, like we have to put words to it. So Uh, I believe that there are a set of principles that I live by Mm -hmm. and those principles have changed me profoundly. Uh, Hope has changed me. Uh, Perseverance, Mm -hmm. uh, forgiveness, uh, acceptance. All the principles behind the 12 steps. Like they say, first step one principle behind is honesty. And so it sounds like you, you're, uh, kind of model is more of the principles behind the 12 steps than the 12 steps is. I believe that there are tools that I constantly go back to. Um, and I always just go back to those, the principles, mm-hmm. those principles are, uh, deeply ingrained in me yeah. and they allow me to tap into that divine source really like quickly. And it's, and it's amazing when you are it's for, for me, at least, cause I'm like so many other people that struggle with just that divine connection or whatever, you know, I I'm one of those people. And so you give me the big book and the 12 steps and all that. And then you tell me to write a four step. It just, I'm like, where's I want it now. You know, we want our immediate gratification and it just takes so long and I'm not getting it. I get so much more if I go to like a Reiki circle because I feel it. I could feel it, you know? So I'm not sitting here saying anything bad about the 12 steps. The 12 steps save lives. And um, I was just really curious where you stood on that because I like to talk to people that really dive deep where they're at with the 12 steps. Yeah, you know? and, I think and- that everybody has their own pathway, right? Everybody's going to find that spirit, that connection in their their own way. Yeah. So somebody may be a big book thumper. Great. You know, mm-hmm. somebody may, uh, be into Buddhism. Great. Somebody may want to do inventory. Great. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their path. Uh, and as long as they're not drinking, 
great. I saw the map. Yeah. I bring it up because, um, I mean, I just, anything goes in the way that I'm very outspoken about a lot of things. And I'm a little bit angry because I feel like every time I go to AA, I feel like I get judged because it's like, if you don't do it this way, then you're not going to stay sober. Okay. Okay, So so, if you're telling me I'm not going to stay sober, I'm not going to stay sober. Right. So I have a real big issue. I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. I have a real big issue, uh, with people who, um, there's somebody in particular that I'm thinking about, but I I don't know. Mm. Let me just pause. Um, I have an issue with how Alcoholics Anonymous has been trashed Mm. and Alcoholics Anonymous saves lives, Mm -hmm. period. What doesn't save lives are people Mm. that have personalities that bash other people. So if you look at Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, it has transformed people's lives through the last, you know, 80 years, 90 years, right? It's been around for a long 35, time. 35, yeah, 1935. So it's people who have had a bad experience because of another person who treated them badly. They misbehaved. They said something that was trite they were uh, scandalous or predatory, right? But when you look at how Alcoholics Anonymous, and I am not a spokesperson for Alcoholics Anonymous, I am like, but when you look at just the foundation and how it is built and, and the, what the message is, it doesn't change, it's consistent, but the people, uh, the people's behavior, all of that changes, which is a real problem because then other people don't have the opportunity because they hear, oh, Alcoholics Anonymous is not okay. They, they're doing a bad job or they shame me or they made me feel bad. Where That's not the case. That's it's, not with the program. That's not how the book is written. That's not, right. that's just a bad apple coming in and sharing uh, their opinion. Correct. Which, which ruins, which ruins an opportunity for somebody else, which is really sad. Like, that makes me, it kills crazy. people. It, it, it could it, kill people. It can kill people. And when I hear somebody talking badly about it, I just have to pause because what I've seen is that that program has transformed millions of people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so again, when somebody bashes it, I'm like, mm, you can bash a person who maybe treated you badly. I'm all, I'm good for that, mm-hmm. but you can't bash a program. Right. That, that helps so many people anyway. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. AA has saved my life and saved my ass. I just went through a relapse and coming back was a little tall. It was a little tough. <laughs> it was a little hard. And it's, I, you know, it's hard because there's so much judgment, which is so, and that's, there's a lot of judgment with people in younger sobriety, I feel mm-hmm. because they just don't know. And people that have time are not outspoken which is really harmful, mm-hmm. I think. Because if people with time spoke up and said, you know what, it's okay, more people would stay and live. Amen. Yeah. Very well said. Thank you, Lane. Thank you. I'm so I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that we we had that discussion because it's an important one. And anyone out there that may go to a meeting and have a bad experience, right. It's 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 not 
it doesn't mean that you're going to say that all AA is, is this it's, it's the person. And I just love the way that you said that. So with that one being said, you talked about how you have to pause. Um, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are either early in recovery um, or maybe not even an alcoholic or addict just have life problems, you know, and impulsivity and stress and stress management. Can you help us? I know that. <laughs> Jen, I love you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's so important to just pause before we think, before we react. And we live in a society that is now, it was five minutes ago, things should have mm -hmm. been done. And yeah. that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for our nervous system. It's not sustainable for relationships. It's not sustainable for bank accounts. It's not sustainable. So really learning how to uh, put these little moments of pause changes the chemistry of our brain, changes the way that we react to people, changes relationships. You know, I always talk about how we want to keep our breath moving. A lot of people get stuck and they're just oh, breathing yes. from like here to here, right? Mm -hmm. So if we keep the breath moving in a big circle, then we have a chance to put the pause in. But if we're having these really shallow breaths, there's no chance. <laughs> so is that why when someone's having a panic attack, they're like breathing so like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I never had panic attacks. All of a sudden I'm getting panic attacks and it's like, you know, yeah. and yep. I'm being taught when that happens to um, do mindful breathing, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm learning a lot about mindful breathing and I did something years ago with, which was interesting. Cause um, are you familiar with the art, art of living? Sri Sri Ravi. It's, it's, it's a form, it's an Indian form of meditation when they're, but they're like, so yes, when I was, I'm having these panic attacks and you breathe like this. Yeah. And I did a form of meditation though, that, uh, the breathing's like that it's art of living. Do you know that one? Yes. Where, yes. Yes. You know, um, and Breath it's just fire. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Breath of fire. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing breath of fire and that's supposed to calm me down, but actually it's giving me more energy. So I think there's so many different types of breathing techniques and stuff. So if someone's here and they're very stressed out, could you just take us through like maybe a 10 second thing? Like, yes. So I just immediately drop into a four, seven, eight breath. So it's inhaling for four, holding for seven, and exhaling for eight. And if you can't do the four, seven, eight, then you change it to maybe a three, five, and six. And you work towards that four, seven, eight. Because again, a sure. lot of people can't make that four, seven, eight breath. So mm. we just change it to a three, five, and six, right? A lot of people just have these very short breaths. So we, we breathe until we can get there, right? We start where we can and mm -hmm. we practice. We just practice. Like exercise, you know, I'm not going to yeah. pick up a 25 pound weight doing a curl. I'm going to start at a five pound weight. So 
Yeah. Right. It, it right. makes so much sense. And I love this. I, I, I do. I love it. I can talk about this all day long. So, um, breathing techniques, what, maybe, what else? Maybe in your next life, maybe in your next life, you'll become yes. a meditation teacher. Maybe in this life, I will. You never know. Yeah. Never know. I've had many lives, right? In sobriety, yeah. I've had many, many lives. So I've gotten to do all kinds of really interesting things. So yeah. in your next iteration. Yeah. And, and you know, my, my goal is definitely to, um, to dive deep in, into this. And, and I know that I resonate. I always have resonated with it when I was a, when I was a kid, I've always loved crystals, but I was, I was sort of like, I wanted to be the dark witch back then when I was younger, you know, like I was like, I'm going to do voodoo and I'm, yeah. You know, uh, now, now I want, now I want the light, Yeah, you know, but, um, I was, like I said, I, I, I think I brought this up. I don't know if it was before the podcast, but I was raised Jewish and, you know, that was my spirituality in Hebrew. And I didn't understand a word of it. And I hated it. I just wanted to leave and I wanted to go get high, you know, or I was sitting there before that, like counting. I, I could tell you exactly how many bricks were in my temple because <laughs> that's all I was doing. And it was counting bricks. You know, I just didn't resonate, but I, I always, always resonated with stuff of like, the universe, like nature, crystals, sounds, sound healing, always been fascinated with it. Um, and this is why I, I love talking to people like you, like-minded people that, that, that are into the same thing. And, uh, then because I do voiceovers, then I, I started thinking I was like you and I was doing like, uh, meditation stuff, but you know what? Um, my, my son who's 16, he has such a great sense of chakras and spirituality and all that stuff. Because like when I was putting him to bed, most, most parents were being good parents and like reading books and stuff, but I wasn't, I was like, all right, so we're going to do a meditation now, start breathing and da, 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 da. And even if he didn't believe it, I believed it. And now that mm -hmm. he's 16, he'd be like, he, he'll be like, well, I remember one time he was eight and he's like, I don't care if I don't do it right because whatever I don't get right in this life, I'll get right in the next life. I'm like, Whoa, where did that wow. come from at eight? Yeah. You know? And, um, so it's in there. I just, the problem and the problem with early recovery and people that, uh, aren't really evolved yet or just evolving is the pausing part mm -hmm. because I, I, I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> by yeah. not pausing, yeah. you know? So that learning to pause when you said that it was like, it's like such a, that's, that's a key, you know? Yeah. The pause can also happen by simply shifting your gaze. Your dristy, right? You just shift your gaze and it, that can change your brain. So you could be a mo you're just, you know, whatever it could, something could totally piss you off, right? You're like, ah, mm -hmm. The barista didn't make my drink the right way. Ah, right. Yeah. You can just shift your gaze and go, Hmm. And that will create a pause that can start you to breathe. Then the change your thought or your reaction. Okay. Ch and, and, and changing the thought goes from that stupid jackass, right. <laughs> didn't make my coffee the right way to, Oh, I can just ask for a new one. Yeah. Or sometimes I'd be like, you know, instead of calling, like I, for my first thing is, yeah, he's a stupid jackass. And then 
you know what? Maybe he's having a bad day. Yeah. Maybe he's having a bad time. Maybe mm. this is what I'm supposed to drink right now. It's okay. I love it's it. Totally okay. Yeah. The problem is like when I talk to people like you and like my, my yoga instructor who always has to set me straight and everything, I'm great. But then give me, you know, a half hour later on my own back to being crazy again, you know? Um, but it's just practicing, Jen. That's it. It's just practicing and continuing to practice. And mm -hmm. this takes a lot of consistent effort, right? Like I didn't just become like this overnight, <laughs> right? Like I had a real big problem with rage when I was about, uh, 19 years sober. So mm. like it's, this is a practice that just continues to evolve. And yeah. there's, I've allowed myself space to just move through it. And there's no good or bad in that. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I just have to make a joke out of everything. I just can't see you raging. Like in that voice, like that medicine, like <laughs> I want to imitate it, but oh, yeah. I cannot see. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to picture me rageful and, and throwing things because literally two days ago, I threw a huge chair, um, <laughs> like a steel chair across the room. Cause I was so mad. And I'm, you know, I'm not proud of myself of that. And I felt really embarrassed and I felt terrible and I, I was so ashamed of myself for it. Um, but it's because that's, I, I guess, just where, where, where I am right now, you know? Right. And uh, there's I'm, something about when I started living mindfully, that kind of um, inner aggression started mm -hmm. to change. And, and living mindfully for those that don't know is, is pausing, breathing. Um, what Mindfulness else? Mindfulness is a practice of just being in the moment. Mm. Really. It's just being in the moment and being able to suspend your judgment. And that takes, again, it's that effort of just, this is how it is. It's okay. So when I'm getting my anxiety and I'm in my past and I'm in my future and um, I'm, I'm crazy because I'm like, if I only would, and I'm living either in regret or I'm, I'm in anxiety because I'm looking at the future. Yep. How, how, you breathe, meditate. Mindfulness. Just... It's, it's, it's really like, you know, you talked about the little bar, but the gym going, you know, lifting mm -hmm. out, working out. It's really the brain needs to be exercised. And mindfulness is the practice. And, you know, you go to the gym and you get a trainer. It's the same. It's the, it's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to learn how to practice. Uh, and now it's, there's no better time than now to start doing it because the world is not slowing down, right? We're, we're becoming, it's, it's more fast paced the rate at which technology is growing has outgrow, outgrown, out, it's outdeveloped humanness. So as a human and someone in recovery, I have a responsibility to take care of myself, right? So I can then be of service in the world to help others. Yeah. So, so somebody last night I was talking to on clubhouse, which is, uh, it's an audio social media kind of thing. And that's actually where we met, but there was a whole thing that we're talking about the uh, VR, this virtual reality thing now that ever, that they're doing. And 
they, they were they were talking about, oh, my gosh. So I, I went on a date. I dated this guy and like all these crazy things that they were doing, like going to a bar. Even one girl was saying that she meditates with her VR, which is great. But I was like something like that. I couldn't do. First of all, I'd got lost in it. I'd probably never leave my VR because I wouldn't want to live. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like it's fantasy, you know? Yep. And and that's all that my, at the end of the day, I want to do is get out of my feelings and not sit in my feelings. So, yeah, when you say this world is oh, I'm, I'm terrified. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. So that's where I have to you know, practice my mindfulness and yeah. say today is October 29th, whatever right. it is. This conversation is all that matters. Like that's it. This yeah. moment, you and I talking about this, this is the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Having my dog come in. Okay. Come in, sit down. Right. Like, and I come yeah. right back to you. Yeah. That's awesome. Nothing yeah. else matters. Yeah. To quote a great Metallica song, by the way, if you're yeah, a musical. Right. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so, all right, let's say, um, I want, so you have, do you have a program, like some kind of program that you do that, that where you take people through all of this process? Yes. Yes. Okay. So can you like, it's a, we dogs bark all the time on this show. Cause I am also a pet sitter. So like we have dogs barking, we have cats meowing. Sometimes we have frogs. Sometimes we have 16 year old teenage boys having uh, anger issues and punching walls. So Anything goes here on sober exposure. Don't worry. It's crazy town. I have two Irish wolfhounds. Yeah. On one second. Okay. So Lane, first of all, I have the best name for your podcast, even though you already have a great podcast that I want you to talk about, but okay. you know, it's just, stay in your lane. Stay. I'm sure a hundred people already told you that. No, Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Stay in your lane. All right. Anyway, um, I'm going to stay in my lane and not name other people's podcasts that are already way more successful than mine. Um, so People are listening. They love what they're hearing. Um, for some reason, people that resonate to me are people that are just really searching, you know, searching for enlightenment, searching either to get not even so much always about sobriety. So if somebody wants to learn from you, how, how, how can they do that? They can head on over to my website. Everything is there at lanekennedy.com. Okay. We'll have the show notes up too. So yeah, yeah lanekennedy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I do have a course that is super helpful for people and they can find that at lanekennedy.com CCL dash course. And it's called the connected calm course where it's eight weeks of really going on an experiential self-discovery mission. If you should Mm. choose it. Yeah. That's it's awesome. And I mean, if you just listening to you and your voice and everything makes yeah. me want to sign up right now. There's, <laughs> um, I think I have like 21 practices in there, lessons. Uh, we do everything from mantra work, breath work. Uh, just really, it's a, it's a search. It's, it's discovering and I love going underneath. Yeah. I love that. Going underneath. Yeah. Going underneath and going inside instead yes. of the outside. Yes. Um, pausing. If what what I just really really got right now is just just to practice my pa- to pause because I just I, I, when when you're in early recovery you're still so reactive. Mm-hmm. Plus you throw attention deficit disorder on top of that and you you're you've got a you know combination of of uh, fireworks. So yeah. I did do something I was really proud of today though. Um, 
ex-boyfriend obsessed with was obsessed with for years. And I, this girl that total random, she lives in Pittsburgh. We're in Florida. And she's like, Oh, you know, him? I know my, my husband works. I was like, what? That would have been the perfect. And I'm so impulsive. I struggle so much with impulsivity. So I was like, I'm calling him. I can't wait to tell him I met her, you know? And that, I mean, like that would have been mm -hmm. so self-destructive because it took me a year to get over this person. Mm -hmm. And I literally had the text. I was ready to, and then I paused, I stopped and I said, no, I'm not doing it. And mm -hmm. I mean, hmm, yeah. yes, that's good work. Yeah. yeah. It was a good job today. Good job, Jen. You know, like, uh, bitch, you're doing a good job, bitch. You're doing <laughs> Sorry. All right. So do you want to do a practice? I definitely, I, you, you read my mind. Okay. Let's do a practice. Let's do a practice. Yeah, let's calm and everyone for your down. listeners who are perhaps driving, you can come back to this part or you can just listen and be mindful of the drive. And for those of you who are just listening, um, let's together take a breath right here together. Inhale and exhale. And allow your eyes to begin to shift downward, closing the lids and allowing the breath to continue to move effortlessly through you. And noticing the temperature of the room in which you've placed yourself. And allowing yourself to simply be, giving yourself permission to settle into the surface in which you sit. Inhaling and exhaling, allowing any thoughts to bubble up and pop. Just let them bubble, bubble and pop. And with your next breath, allow yourself to find your awareness, your attention at the top of your head. And just land at the top of your head. And take that point of view at the top of your head. And just let your breath move into your brain. Allowing the breath to move into the brain. And finding a dial from one to five and dialing down the circuitry of the brain moving it down to four. Three. Moving it down to two. And allowing the dial to move down to one.
knowing that the brain has slowed down. And with your next breath, just draw your attention through the midline of your body into your throat. And expand that attention in your throat, opening the throat. And bringing that awareness and dropping it through the midline to the heart. And allowing the breath to expand the heart. And right there in your heart, allow the message of the heart to say thank you. And taking that breath and allowing the heart to contract. And knowing that this practice has changed you by simply slowing down. And moving that awareness back into your brain. And seeing that dial and placing that dial anywhere you'd like. One, two, Three, four, five, or four, or three, or two, or one. Knowing that you have control of that speed. And allowing the attention, the awareness to come up to the top of your head. Coming back outside the body and into the room. Knowing the room that you're in. And taking a moment and placing energy down into the fingers of your hands and moving your fingers and feeling the sensations of life move through you and allowing the palms of the hands to kiss gently and just taking a moment to bow to yourself in gratitude for this moment. Thank you for practicing with me. Namaste. Thank you. I have a question. How come every time I meditate, I cry? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not. There's no, no judgment there. That's a beautiful thing. 
And it's not even, it's just no judgment necessary. Every time, not every time. That That's is not the, true. The not every time. Of the evolving, but it's yeah. the journey of the evolving soul. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it so much. I mean, my energies change, right? And yeah, I love that dial thing because I think I'm always at five and I feel like I just want to stay at one for a while, yeah, you know? And you can. Yeah. I mean, that's where I need to be. Yeah. That was really wonderful, Lane. Thank you so much. And I love listening to your podcasts as well. And I've been listening. Unfortunately, it's chaos here all the time. I listen at night and it really helps me. It really does. And that's why I was really adamant about having you on. And I know that you squeezed me in because you're so busy, you're busy, which is good. Busy is good. And that was just, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, this is sober exposure. And now that we're all calm and meditated, namaste and have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Need more? Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast.